0: Nice. Um, Are you ready to talk about cheese?
1: Girl this I have never been more excited about a podcast <laughs> episode than this particular episode.
0: Keys, I hope
1: that you didn't read any of it did you? No. Okay good because there it's like gonna be a drama. I'm so excited.
0: I'm hype. Are, are we ready? We're ready.
1: Let's We're ready. get in it.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm Blair and I'm Kirsten and we are Mediocre Medi- content Hunt- 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 and we're back uh, in August which is very hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> August.
1: The- oh my gosh. I'm having a crisis. <laughs> it's literally like 60 degrees outside and mm-hmm. it does not feel like August here so I'm confused.
0: Uh, well, I can tell you for certain that um the sweat pouring down my back is <laughs> yeah. real. It is. Yeah. It's like 81 degrees here with like 60% humidity at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah.
1: I called my mom the other day and she was like, yeah, I can't go outside. No. It's not. It's not good.
0: <laughs> Did you hear about poor Arizona though? It was 120 degrees this uh-huh. week there. And mm-hmm. I forget who it was. They're like, yeah, the body stops being able to function and like regulate itself at like 100, 104, <laughs> like 120. Poor
1: people. Hide your kids, hide your wives. Hide your
0: kid- oh my God, that's such a throwback. <laughs> taking everybody out here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely hide Honestly,
1: there's a lot of people From our area that go to Arizona in the wintertime because it's still warm and sunny there.
0: That makes sense.
1: Um, But now all the Arizona people are coming here. Yeah. To get rid of, to not be in the heat.
0: I could see that. You know what would be great is if we had some kind of natural refrigerant that might assist with some of that heat escape, you know? Are you alluding to the caves? What caves? I don't know what you're talking about. What caves? Great. All right. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Save it for later. (laughs) Uh, Would
1: you like to disclaim? I would love to disclaim. Let's Uh, do it. (laughs) Okay. So we're not experts on anything. Um, If you have come to the podcast to get any kind of advice, we are not the place for that. Don't do it. Um, But we are the place to learn about things. And we encourage you to also learn about things on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah that's good advice we're all learning all learn imagination. imagination exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly uh
1: well kirsten's doing the good news let's speaking roll up learning let's do it
0: <laughs> speaking learning. of learning we're gonna learn some awesome you guessed it science facts
1: is it a kirsten science corner <laughs> it might be
0: jingle jingle <laughs> kirsten science corner all oh, right i forgot i have a theme song now <laughs> Da-dum. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start our science corner in the ocean which is exciting um we're is talking about though? i mean not at the moment <laughs> unless I you saw, just enjoy hot tubs <laughs> i saw a
1: preview they're making a new um have, did you ever hear of that movie called the meg like the megalodon oh. Okay, so they made like a movie based on a giant shark and they're making a second one based on a giant shark. And both of them look incredibly like terrifying, but also Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's giving Sharknado a little bit where it's like, you have to go see it because it's like, not going to be that great. I love Sharknado. (laughs) He's watched
0: all of them. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a crisis. Well, also I think this, uh, this week, this week, where we're recording, um, is also shark week, I think. So oh, really? I think so. Oh that I, so, I was also like, oh, well, this will be appropriate, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of oh, my helpful. God. Yeah, I think it's I shark love week. Shark week. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, just to kind of capitalize on it, we're going to talk about shark conservation efforts, which, um, I, I mean, I feel like most people would know that there is kind of an overfishing issue, but maybe they don't necessarily all attribute that to sharks. But sharks do have an overfishing issue because they can be used in soups and foods. um, And this is uh, kind of a problem. So. There is someone by the name of Candace Fields, and she is a PhD student at Florida International University with the goal to use genetics and tracking to develop somewhat of a recovery plan for the uh, oceanic white tip shark, which is critically endangered currently. Um, Fields states that sharks kind of have that negative reputation but she herself has always been intrigued by them and kind of wanted to get closer and learn more about their behavior and work to change those negative perceptions. So she con- uh, uh, contributed with the National Geographic Shark Fest, which is exciting, um, with a featured program called Bull Shark versus Hammerhead, with the mission on and off screen to share how sharks have been serious uh, have in- have seen serious population declines. Due to overfishing, habitat loss, climate change, the gambit of things, right? Right. Uh, in general, she does think tides are turning now that there's more public support for conservation and trying to help these populations recover and maintain stability. And the biggest highlight of all of that is, number one, to avoid extinction of these predators. Um, and I'm going to sit on a soapbox about that for just a moment, if I may. The okay. reason... That it is so important to maintain species like sharks, wolves, apex predators, is because they have a huge job in the food chain. For anybody who's not scientifically inclined, an apex predator serves to maintain prey numbers in check by weeding out maybe slow, weak, sick, uh, dying animals of the lower food chain populations. And so that also means that, for an example, elk, they get hunted down. Um, If elk had the choice, chances are they'd probably just stand around in the same field and decimate that landscape, decimate that environment. And that also affects other species along the food chain that are underneath them that may use that habitat and landscape to grow and thrive and survive. Right. If you take away the apex predators, that's what happens. You lose landscape, you lose environment, and you also generally put other species at risk. But those apex predators... Like wolves in the case of elk, chase the elk around, get rid of maybe um, diseased or uh, not as fit natural selection, not as fit elk. So that means when the elk do reproduce, they're only keeping the genes that keep them fast, keep them moving, keep them healthy to the best of their genetic ability. Of course, that's all up to chance, but you know what I'm saying. Basically, this is what's happening in the ocean. If sharks, the apex predator of the ocean, begin to become eliminated, down the chain, that also affects other overpopulations of other species that then affect underpopulations of species under them, so on and so forth. You're messing up an entire ecosystem. And that's why it's very important to be conscious of those things, even if they're not apex, but in this case they are. So I just wanted to sit on the soapbox for just a moment. (laughs) So just be aware that's why it matters. It's not just save the sharks, it's save the ecosystem that they're involved in. And that's very important. Science soapbox! Thank you so much. You're welcome. i appreciate Um, your soapbox. Don't worry, I have another one. Oh, good. (laughs) So now we're going to go to the Amazon, which is actually really great. So I'm sure people know that there is or has been deforestation issues in the Amazon, and that's a very... um, diverse environment and ecosystem there's a lot of different animals and species of animals that can only be exclusively found there and so this has been a problem (laughs) because they're losing their habitat because we're taking all the trees and that's a problem right however uh when this article was published the week before the brazilian government announced that deforestation in terms of rates dropped roughly 34 percent in the first six months of 2023 that is huge. Um, and of course, this is compared to last year's, 2022's time frame and time period, same thing. Um, so we're on the decline of deforestation. The effort to reverse the deforestation growth curve was successful. And the um, secretary of deforestation said that more resources are being allocated to fighting illegal deforestation by people taking over land and raising it and fines issued to, um, you know, people who are doing it illegally (laughs) yeah so um of course it's still a problem so they are still looking into it and um yeah the the soapbox for this one (laughs) is i know a lot of people have a lot of questions on things like how are we going to find another resource, another option? Because obviously we use wood and timber in lots of our daily lives, probably p- parts of our lives we don't even realize, right? So mm-hmm. house construction's obvious and paper is obvious, but perhaps the wood that's being burnt to have a machine work in a facility somewhere, that's a random impact and, you know, you might not be as aware of it, but wood is used predominantly in our environment uh, when we're just existing. And so a valid question is, if deforestation is is declining and that's positive, that also means in terms of circulation, wood is going to be less prominent or maybe less available, depending on where you are, which can cause a lot of issues for industry and the economy. And we're already seeing that after uh, COVID happened. Um, wood was very expensive and <laughs> it still kind of is. <laughs> so I think the important thing to know there is We have these beautiful, creative human minds that are innovative. Um, We can think long distances ahead and have different solutions to these kinds of problems with different materials and innovation. And so just because it's difficult doesn't mean that it's not possible to find other options. And so instead of like a doomsday, like, I'm not going to change it because... uh, you know, it's something I'm used to. And also, what do I do? And I don't know the answer. We could come up with many. And I think there are many scientists that are on the right route and trying to come up with options. And I think that's very important to promote and facilitate and financially support to the best of our ability so that we don't see huge negative effects um, in order to save the environment because we can coexist that way. Soapbox number two is done. <laughs> I like it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're we welcome. appreciate it. You need, you need it every now and then. I just got to let every it. Every
1: once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's good, you know. Balance is a good thing.
0: It is. And um it's scary when you're when you've got change that's been so common and circulated in in your life and your businesses and the economy, but um they got that way by being circulated. So we could do the same thing with another innovative good idea. So, all works the same. True. Ah. <sighs> now i want to talk about cheese well so if you've read the title you already know
1: what this is about (laughs) um do they though (laughs) and so this is this is so if you listen to last week Mm. i randomly brought this up to kirsten and because i don't know why we were talking about neptune i don't know how we like i really cannot remember how we got on this topic was um, it not the
0: National Park conversation? Oh, was it the National Park conversation? I thought so.
1: I think you're right. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I don't remember how we got there, but I do remember us doing it. And I was like, oh, well, we could just add it to the list.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So maybe it, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't It yeah. was last week. It was the week before. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So. um Yeah. So we started talking about the cheese caves and (laughs) how I found out about it was I was scrolling through TikTok, minding my business as As one does, (laughs) as you do. And basically I, this girl came up, shout out to that girl. I don't know. I like, can't find it anymore, but, um, shout out to her (laughs) because she made me aware of these cheese caves. And I'm like, this has to be some sort of weird conspiracy theory. Like there's no way that this is real. And, I when I tell you I scoured the internet for like several different sources to make sure that this was all legit it's real I love it it's real it. um so right so the cheese caves are located underneath Springfield Missouri and Missouri in that area there's the lake of the Ozarks um mm-hmm. and in addition to that there's a lot of different cave systems and in, in this one video I watched, there's a bunch of different cave systems all over the country that, like, nobody, like, it's not common knowledge. At least it wasn't mm-hmm. common knowledge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so these particular ones, they have routed, um, like, air conditioning vents and stuff in to mm-hmm. keep it refrigerated. And... The natural cooling of the caves also contribute so that they can store dairy products there. Mm -hmm. Um, there is currently there is one point four billion pounds of cheese in the cheese caves in Missouri. Billion. I mean, and when I say cheese, it's not just cheese. It's all. It's mostly cheese, but it's also like uh dried milk powder and I think butter. As well, there's like a couple of other things, but a lot of it is just because they want to preserve this food like in the best way possible. And cheese is a good way to do it, but they also have other Mm -hmm. stuff going on. Um, it is two million square feet of caves.
0: They managed to put a billion pounds of cheese in two million square feet. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, because of height. Ah,
0: yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yes.
1: Oh, cheese! So there's walls. like, there's like barrels and shelves and barrels. all kinds of stuff. I've saw I saw a lot of pictures. It's <laughs> interesting. Um, wow. So anyway, there's a whole timeline to this, and <laughs> we're gonna get into it. We're gonna do. We're gonna split it up a little bit because it's kind of intense. So body is ready. <laughs> this whole thing started in 1949. The Mm -hmm. the Agricultural Act of 1949 gave the Commodity Credit Corporation authority to purchase dairy products. And that is a government that was a government agency at the time. Mm. Okay, it was created after the Great Depression and it was an organization dedicated to stabilizing farmers incomes because after the Great Depression, Mm
0: -hmm. all
1: of the farmers had like no money and but they needed them to, you know, make money in order to stimulate the economy and feed everybody. right? Right. Like. So that's so basically the Commodity Credit Corporation was like giving money to farmers to make food Mm -hmm. and everything was going okay until the 1970s. (laughs) There was a national dairy shortage,
0: which is just strange to say. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: I know. Like how, how? We don't know. We don't know. In 1977, President Jimmy Carter decided to put money into the dairy industry. So he took government money to motivate the dairy farmers and then increase to increase production. So they could make as much milk as they wanted and the government would pay them for it. Nice. The government set a new policy to subsidize dairy farmers, which is called subsidizing, um, <laughs> providing $2 billion to the industry over the next four years. And $2 billion in 1977 is That's like insane. a ton of money.
0: That's insane. Um
1: while this plan was to was welcome to dairy farmers it also primed them for overproduction so like i said right they're making all this milk and cheese and butter and like all these things and basically um they're like they're selling it to the government and the government has nowhere to put it so in (laughs) the the early
0: thanks, yeah
1: so (laughs) in the early 1980s the government owns five million pounds of cheese. And they have no idea what to do with this cheese.
0: Uh, have a giant charcuterie board, maybe? <laughs> because the the American people can't,
1: like, this is the extra. Like, they're giving enough to everyone. And then this is just the extra 5 million pounds they don't know what to do with. Um, so there was 150 warehouses across 35 states. And so I had some conflicting sources here because there oh. were, the, they did create the cheese caves mm-hmm. in the 1980s. They did exist. Mm-hmm. But they also, some sources said there was also warehouses across the 35 states. Oh. So I'm not like 100% sure if, if everything was put into warehouses. And then they were like, oh, well, we have this place in Missouri, this can all go. Yeah. So I'm not, not 100% <clears throat> sure. Couldn't find any like definitive time. But anyway, most of the dairy products that the 5 million pounds of cheese, were mm-hmm. were not originally cheese some of it was milk mm-hmm. some of it was butter um turned in they were turned into cheese because of the longer shelf life mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so in 1981 the secretary of agriculture at the time john r block showed up to the white house with a molding five pound block of cheese <laughs> and told reporters he was just like gaslighting the government just or not i don't think that's the correct use of gaslighting my bad but like he basically just outed the government and was yeah. like we've got 60 million of these that the government owns and it's moldy and it's deteriorating and we need to get rid of it
0: like, my friend so at that media... point gift it to france because well, they no, love cheese <laughs> we'll get to that we
1: can't we can't give it to tr- give it to france they're like what? we don't want your gross cheese what? they <laughs> The European market for cheese, they don't like our cheese. They think it's (gasps) overprocessed and they think it's gross. Rude. A thousand percent. They do not want it. That's awesome. (laughs) We really could do Um, nothing. (laughs) We could literally do nothing. Right. Exactly. So um, they couldn't find a market for it. The press, of course, like blew it up. And (laughs) the American people were like, excuse me, we're all starving out here. And you Where have you? you're sitting on all this cheese. Like, Where is the, the heck?
0: cheese? Even right. lactose
1: intolerant people are like, "Where is it? <laughs> Tell right. me right now." <laughs> right. And it's not great quality. Let's also I mean, Yeah. Well, it's fine. Right. So <laughs> basically, um Ronald Reagan was president mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay, so we have all this cheese. I'm going to release 30 million pounds of it. Release it into and the wild. We're just, and we're just going to give it away. Nice. So all of the poor people or like people who needed food mm-hmm. or were on food stamps or whatever had access to this government Ooh. cheese. So it became a colloquial term of government cheese. cheese to be on like food stamps or like to take money from the government.
0: I always wondered where things like that come from. And I love that this was it.
1: (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It was literal cheese.
0: Literal cheese. And it usually is like that. You know, you're like, oh, that can't be. No, it was literally like that.
1: Literally. (laughs)
0: Literally.
1: (laughs) And the federal government, so they distributed the cheese through the Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program. Mm -hmm. It was given away for free to pick up for people at food banks, community centers, etc. Um, food writer Tracy Lynn Lloyd stated that the cheese had a weird texture and it was <laughs> only good for things like mac and cheese or grilled cheese where the cheese was melted.
0: Interesting. Do you think that's yeah. where Kraft gets their cheese? So <laughs> there's layers to this, Kirsten. Don't
1: layers don't. of cheese. I, you can't, don't just like. Wait, I'm so, I'm see, so I'm already excited. Like, I, like speculating. Can't. I know, I know, I can't, I can't, I just can't. Okay, that's why
0: it doesn't melt. No,
1: skinny. Oh, okay, all right, we're doing it. We're it's okay, all we're right, we're
0: doing things. Oh, okay, all right. This is the most excited we've been about a podcast I, in a very long time.
1: I'm so excited about to tell you this because <laughs> when I tell you that it, it, was, it was so fun researching this because I everything bet. I questioned was like on point, pretty it was legit. Okay. All right. So, government cheese became an American culture thing. Kendrick Lamar and Jay Z have songs about it. Snoop Dogg taught Naturally. Martha Stewart how to cook with it on their show.
0: Naturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But the solution was far from ideal because the cheese's questionable suitability for human consumption um also began to disrupt sales for the dairy mm-hmm. indus- industry. Yeah. Um, and it was like arguably a better solution than. Someone from the USDA um, said we should just dump it into the ocean. Also a bad choice. (laughs) Yeah, right. Sharks don't want that. I'm glad nobody decided to do that. That's Um, a relief. But that was one of the options on the table, apparently. (laughs) Um, So, okay. All right. So we're in the 90s now. The cheese is, like, you know, pretty much gone. (laughs) Wow. Wow. <laughs> the the Clinton administration started Dairy Management Inc with an annual budget of 140 million to offshoot as an offshoot to the Department of Agriculture. So it's mm-hmm. technically not a government agency but it like is associated with one mm-hmm. and it works to get Americans to consume more dairy. So this is the <laughs> this got is Milk the, campaign. This is the got milk campaign. <laughs> this is this is exactly what it is all the milk that and cheese yeah. and everything that we grew up with in school lunches. That mm. was because of this. Cave they wanted, cheese. right. They wanted us to love dairy and Ugh. honestly, some for some people, I think it worked. Um, for
0: some, uh, Tyler still drinks chocolate milk.
1: <laughs> right. So you know. even, okay. Oh. So this is the, this is the weird part though. Mm. So there's only one weird part. They want, Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, They wanted Americans to consume more cheese and dairy in general, even though the Department of Human Health Services, another government agency, has conducted studies showing dairy is not healthy to be consumed regularly, and 36% of Americans are lactose intolerant. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This intolerance has been proven to be significantly higher for minority groups with 75% of African-Americans experiencing lactose intolerance, 51% of Latinos and 80% of Asian-Americans contrasted by just 21% of Caucasians. So, and who are, who are
0: more likely to to have encountered it.
1: Right. Exactly. Lower income. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Minorities. But also I'm thinking, excuse me. I'm so sorry. All my laughing has slimmed me up. <laughs> I know.
1: I got you. It's okay.
0: But I'm also thinking like, um, and I don't know a whole lot necessarily, but like we grew up with cows and stuff and like it's in their history maybe. I wonder, depending on where your ancestors are in the world, like if that influences whether you're going to be lactose intolerant or not, depending on no what idea. you were exposed to culturally. Yeah. I, just, I think it probably so has something to do
1: with like um because a lot of as we know, a lot of your gut bacteria is hereditary. Right. right.
0: Yeah. That's what so I So mean. like
1: I would imagine if dairy wasn't introduced as like a food yeah. to your ancestors, it probably wouldn't be Isn't something you so
0: interesting. Yeah. I love genetics. I know. I know.
1: It's great. Um but the other thing is, is that like a lot of minority groups have to do like free school lunches. And what are free mm-hmm. school lunches? They're the milk, milk and cheese. Sandwiches.
0: Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even and, if you are, oh, and you the
1: get the it. Cheese, and the cheese on the pizza and those cheese pizza yes. stick things that everybody liked. Yep. We were growing up. Yeah. Monserillo all of that. Sticks. All of that is government cheese, guys.
0: Government cheese.
1: Um. So Dairy Management Inc., obviously responsible for got milk. They <laughs> also... Uh, ran campaigns for the Taco Bell cheesy crust and oh. Taco Bell double steak quesadillas.
0: You know, I saw that got. I, I feel like the got milk is being resurrected because I haven't oh, really? seen it in a really long time. And then even just like, oh, oh, do you know why? Do you know why it's being
1: resurrected? Because everyone's drinking oat milk and almond milk yes. instead because it's better for their tummies
0: or um, eating like uh, non lactose yogurts or Mm non-lactose cheese and things like that so they just have again reopen the cheese caves people right
1: no exactly (sighs) Yep. and also just as fun fact here school milk is about seven percent of all fluid milk cells in the united states and dairy heavy school lunches are you know promoted
0: yeah well because they they claim with their campaign it helped build strong yeah. bones yeah. but it might also help build a tummy ache
1: <laughs> right and then you have to or dietary the problems down the road like in
0: your yeah you know the like gastritis yeah,
1: yeah. gastritis <laughs> uh stress. diverticulitis crohn's disease small
0: things small small things who knows
1: who <laughs> that's knows? why I-
0: that's why I have UC. I'm just going to go ahead and out myself. We're not,
1: we're not a conspiracy theory podcast, but like, we this could
0: is, be. It is interesting, isn't it? It is. It <laughs> is.
1: All right. So I'm, we're going to jump into the uh, early 2000s here on the other side of the break, but I'm going to give y'all a break just to digest that lovely information. Go, you know, eat some non-dairy things because <laughs> when we get back, it's just going to get weirder.
0: My so. stomach's already cramping. This ad is an actual ad, however, we will still not be benefiting from this. This is an ad for our Twitch stream. You can watch us do a live podcast every other Thursday. Come hang out and interact with us and maybe catch a Pokemon or two. And maybe, just maybe, learn something, but honestly, the chances are slim. Catch us on Twitch at 6pm EST or 3pm PST, or a different time in a different time zone that is not in the United States.
1: We would love to chat with you and definitely let us know if you are an OG audio listener.
0: Now back to the regular audio pre-recorded
1: podcast. Cheers. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars. Okay, now back to the pod. All right, guys, welcome back. Um... I'm just so thrilled. I know. (laughs) I know. So thrilled. So we're starting in 2016. The Mm -hmm. American dairy industry dumped a whopping 43 million gallons of milk into fields, animal feed, and anaerobic lagoons. Wait, what? During Yeah. During this, though this waste is staggering, it is also not representative of the size of the surpluses being run by dairy farms. So basically, so in the 90s, all of this got milk stuff was happening, mm-hmm. but they didn't really have that big of a surplus. But in 2016, now the government is still, um, well, subsidizing farmers. And so the dairy industry is like dumping all of their waste mm-hmm. in, you know, because they don't like, yeah, they don't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> The dairy industry received $43 billion and three, $36.3 billion in 2016 and 2017, respectively, from the federal government Ooh. for subsidies. Mm. In 2018, 42% of the revenue for the U.S. dairy producers came from some kind of government support. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that the dairy lobby is largely responsible for influencing politics to, this, to dedicate this money for the industry. Mm -hmm. The money mostly goes to big dairy companies that fund the lobby, leaving smaller operations to fend for themselves in the increasingly competitive market.
0: Which is interesting that it's, well, this is also like 2018. I don't know that it's Mm -hmm. that competitive anymore, like with the other options like we were talking about. So I think that's part of the problem. Like they're, they're being funded to continue producing at this level, but nobody's buying it
1: right exactly right (laughs) but then the dairy lobby wants that money right so they're gonna give it to their big corporation friends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know who make up the lobby and then if you're like a small dairy farmer in wisconsin or whatever right i don't i don't know if they have that in wisconsin but either way um they have cheese there so eh. um you know you're probably not getting any extra money for your production
0: right which I don't even know if that's the case. Again, just my brain jumping ahead. If um, if it really is declining in terms of like preference, why don't we just rely on the smaller companies to produce essentially exactly what we would need to maintain whoever wants it? And then we don't have oh, access. Because, you know? because
1: corporations will lose lots of money and oh, right. tank the economy. Greed. That's right. why.
0: Greed. Got that's it. That's
1: why. <laughs> Greed. I forgot. Obviously, Kirsten, come on, we live in a capitalist society. Get with Sorry. us.
0: I feel bad for like the dairy farmers and the farmers that are just doing it because they're feeding their family and trying to make a living right. and these poor corporate. I mean these poor these corporations are poo-pooing on these poor farmers who are just yeah doing their best, man. Farming in America. Sag.
1: I know. All right. So in 2019, we started storing cheese again. So we started having enough surplus where they're like okay let's put it in the cave (laughs) again um but it's not the government storing the Mm -hmm. cheese the government is renting the space to private companies Mm -hmm. like Velveeta which operates 40,000 square feet of the 2 million square feet cave in Missouri can we pause sure go ahead
0: I don't think I've ever seen Velveeta in a refrigerator. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I always find it in box form at the bottom of the grocery store shelf.
1: Yes. Well,
0: does it even. Apparently,
1: some of it needs to be refrigerated. I don't know.
0: Are we indicating that Velveeta is, in fact, going to rot at some point? Because that stuff is plastic. Shocking. (laughs) Wow.
1: Wow. Oh. So, amid trade disputes and declining dairy consumption nationally, mm. the American government has been subsidizing and stockpiling America's surplus cheese. According to the USDA, American milk consumption has dropped from 22, 275 pounds per capita in 1975 to 149 pounds per capita in 2017. Mm.
0: That is quite and- a drop. Yeah.
1: Due to privacy agreements with individual businesses, Spring, the Springfield Underground, aka the Cheese Caves, is unable to comment on which com- companies they house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The news leader contacted regional dairy companies about their potential businesses with the warehouse. Mm hmm. Many of the social media rumors single out Kraft Heinz yes. <laughs> as a company storing cheese in the caves. That's why it doesn't matter. US, US <laughs> communications brand PR and media director Jenna Thornton. Hey,
0: Thornton. Con-
1: confirmed that Kraft does utilize the Springfield Underground Warehouse.
0: So, first of all, love the name, shout out, maiden name. Second yes. of all, I knew it. <laughs>
1: yes you did know it good job i called it and they conveniently have a um a factory like right next to of course the springfield underground you know Mm -hmm. right
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, uh, we do indeed age cheese here and Mm -hmm. have been for many years it's not a surplus but essentially a warehousing location (sighs) that's close to our springfield
0: plant end quote I'm not one to poo on craft because I grew up on craft. OK, I get it. Mm-hmm. We were a craft household. All right. Mm-hmm. I understand. However, mm-hmm. you can't age plastic, ma'am. I So
1: all I'm saying is that if you've had a craft single, mm. it
0: could have come from a cheese cave. Could maybe. have. And I, I'm going to rest easy tonight knowing that.
1: So you wanted to go and visit the cheese caves and like have your, your cheese. You might have already had cave cheese.
0: I want to make my cheese and eat it too. I don't know what the saying is. What's about the cake? Yeah. Have Have my my cake cake and eat it too. too. Yeah. I want to have my craft Mm -hmm. and eat it too. And then suffer the consequences.
1: (laughs) Right. So Um. just for some reference, an ordinary cheese can last from two to six or from two weeks to six months in the fridge that's vast depending on various factors such as moisture content storage practices and preservatives sure sure, before the invention of the refrigerator humans have been aging and storing cheese in caves so that's a thing it is because this is because caves are usually cool and maintain a consistent humidity level good on you caves and I do remember looking I don't think I included it in our little outline here but Caves that are storing the cheese have like between 70 and a hundred percent humidity, something like
0: that. And the average temperature um, is, do you know? Refrigerator temperature. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: Um. So, according to Kraft and DFA's sources, the company utilizes Springfield Underground as a space to age cheese and temporarily store dry products. Mm -hmm. Utilizing cold storage, similar to the Springfield Underground, is popular with dairy companies across the country. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're basically just, like, stockpiling cheese. Yeah, yeah. And just some small notes onto how dairy farming contributes to the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, dairy farming contributes emissions and the worsening climate and possibly most likely mm-hmm. to the worsening climbing crisis as <laughs> it's farting burping cows belch <laughs> out the potent greenhouse gas methane. And while getting food to hungry families is a worthy endeavor, the decision to promote cheese products to a population where 41.9% of people are obese seems short sighted from the human health perspective.
0: Or just lactose intolerant in general.
1: Almost
0: 35%. Right. And cannot, cons- like, can't, well, I say cannot as if we don't still just eat it. But uh, right. the fact remains it's not good for you. If you are lactose intolerant and it can cause or exacerbate intestinal issues. Right. (laughs) So it ain't great.
1: Right. The other thing is, like we mentioned earlier, we can't sell it to other countries because they don't like our cheese.
0: Which is fine.
1: And 70% of the entire world is lactose intolerant. I do like goat cheese. 70%? I do love goat cheese. I (laughs) eat goat cheese all the time. So good. I know. (laughs) or brie but it doesn't have like a particular protein in it that makes like some cheeses right. kind of make you feel bad but like oh no, yeah cheese is
0: it's good better i don't know no anyway
1: yeah. i'm not that's another podcast it's but, not as processed
0: um, i don't think right in most uh, cases depending on the company
1: yeah. depending on the company buy local yeah. it's the end of this <laughs> it's the end that's of that right it's just buy local. yeah go to your farmer's market and buy your cheese yeah <laughs> Um, Okay, so while checking out the Springfield Cheese (laughs) Caves is off limits as company warehouses are privately owned, visiting Springfield, the Springfield Underground itself is not. In the past, Springfield Underground has hosted hosted grade school field trips and public (gasps) events like the Caveman 5K in 2014. For more information, you can contact the Springfield Underground. I'm not going to put their phone. We'll put their phone number in the comments or something.
0: Oh, wow. I want to visit. At the very least, it's a sightseeing thing. Field trip. Yeah. Let's go on a field trip. Mediocre field trip. And then we can
1: just go to the lake afterwards. It's going to be fun.
0: (laughs) With all of our cheese. With all of our cheese.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And this one might be a shorter one, but it was definitely, Well. you know,
0: a a wild ride. I know it's capitalism, right? I yes. get it. Yeah. However, logically, even if it's capitalism, just because you're earning a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to really be profiting because at the end of the day, if all you can do is store the stuff and you can't actually profit off of it once it's made because nobody is buying it, it sounds like you need to pick a different avenue of work.
1: So this is what, so I see where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, They are, the companies. The private companies are profiting off of it because the government is subsidizing them for the dairy. Right,
0: right, right, right. But I mean like the government itself, like the government is shelling oh, yeah, out the- all this money. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and it's not, like it's not profiting. It's just Correct. shelling out money for it to sit in a cave somewhere. You know what I right. mean? Right. So like at that point, even though you can store it and we have a solution from whenever ago, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: times have changed. People are more aware. People are also more conscious of their health concerns and or becoming more conscious of health and, you know, awareness of what your body needs and like what is good for it. Correct. Why not just shift, you know, even if you're not like investing in the almonds or the soy milks or whatever the case may be, pivot, you know, I, you know, what? I think that's, I I totally (laughs) agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's just
1: weird. The government in my opinion is notoriously slow for catching Mm -hmm. on to these things agreed yeah yeah
0: they think they can just like sit with it and it'll like like quote correct you know it's
1: like another like they don't want to deal with student loans because they don't have enough money for that but then they're wasting money on dairy products that nobody's gonna eat
0: right and you would think that like i mean at the end of the day I kind of view the government as a company to a point. It's like a company in and of itself. So Mm -hmm. like any good company would take stock in, okay, what do we have? What's being used? What's not being used? And you make those pivots to make your company more functional, more streamlined. You're actually Mm -hmm. making profit instead of spending it and losing it. And then not being able to advocate for areas that might be more profitable for you.
1: I yes yeah exactly. Um, however, you also have the dairy lobby. It's and true. They're they're paying yep. the politicians that they need to pay in order to keep this happening. Yeah. Um. And like also, if you're the small dairy farmers, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do feel bad for like we Absolutely. don't. Want, we still want them to be able to get what they need to feed mm-hmm. their families and stuff. Yeah. The corporations. Yeah, can find something else to do absolutely they can can pivot um absolutely
0: they have the funds that's right they have the money to pivot
1: well and a lot of these like craft you know they have like a million different products and you know that they have like um alternative dairy options in their repertoire of you know products so why non-food products right you know yeah yeah they could lean into some of those they could they could um so
0: but it's slow. a lot of decisions mm-hmm.
1: to be made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have small hopes.
0: <laughs> I don't have a cave worth of cheese hopes, but I have right. like a small cube <laughs> of, uh, of hope. <laughs> yes.
1: That made me think of the Devil Wears Prada where she's like, oh, you look a so thin. She- what are you
0: eating? And she's like, well,
1: when I feel like I'm about to pass out, I eat, I a, eat cube a cube of, of cheese. cheese. <laughs> oh
0: Emily. Shout out
1: Emily Blunt. Honestly. Iconic. What an
0: icon. Yeah. Truly. Well, um, that's great. I appreciate you giving me the serotonin that came from this episode. <laughs> You're and my hope and prayer is that this also brought serotonin to the listener because it's yeah. I mean, who couldn't be happy about cheese? I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly. And like this is I just I can't believe it's real I can't believe that this is a solution that somebody was like you know why there's all of these caves in Missouri and they're not being used for anything so like let's refrigerate them and make them storage for yeah. cheese that nobody's gonna eat ever
0: honestly um it, it's it's the twice for me <laughs> it's, it's like the two times you're it's right the two times for me yeah Well, Um, and it's
1: funny because the government thought it was a good idea first and then the corporations were like let me get that space though because we think (laughs) it's a good idea
0: (laughs) yeah twice (laughs) oh Oh, god well um that's great i want to know you know uh not to get into your personal life if people want to share if they're lactose intolerant and still eat cheese i'd love to know that yeah um and I'd love or if, you you, to
1: if you're the kind of person who takes the lactate first mm. and then indulges in the ice cream or whatever it is that you yeah. do, we yeah. want to know.
0: Also, if you don't eat lactose at all, what are you eating? What, 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 uh, what's your quote dairy fix or your non-dairy what's your fix? Yeah. What's yeah. your brands? Let's let us know. Uh, you can do that at MediocreContentPodcast at gmail.com if you want to send it over to us. You can also send us a tweet at Mediocre Squawks. Connect with us on Instagram, Mediocre Content Podcast. You could do the same over on TikTok um, with Mediocre Content Podcast. Yes. (laughs) And then you can connect with us live. We'd love to see you chat us live and in time in our Twitch streams at twitch.tv backslash Mediocre Content Podcast. And... If you want, you can even rate us five stars anywhere you do listen to podcasts. That would be super nice.
1: That would be super nice. We would appreciate that.
0: <laughs> um. So either way, uh, I guess we're going to uh, get the cheese and head out.
1: I thought you were going to say cut the cheese and head out. I mean, I'm not going to fart nasty. in the middle of
0: a, a recording, Blair. What, You're what right. Hosts what You're I right. Want That's to not be? nice. Yeah,
1: it's not what we do here. Blair's right. going to
0: cut the cheese. I'm going to grab the cheese. We'll oh see you next God. week. Oh my God. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.